Hi there and welcome to Expedition Company Culture. My name is Ernst and I believe your company culture is the main driver to long-term success. In this podcast, I talk to people from different sectors and roles about company culture. Together we explore different angles to identify, strengthen and share this culture and find insights for you to use. Welcome to the show. Linda van Laar. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. Linda is an independent content producer and project manager. We've worked together a lot of times on culture projects and she is my go-to person for anything content related. (laughs) So um, as you can imagine, the topic of this podcast will be how do you deliver culture to true content? How do you make something that is already there tangible and visible to, to, to other people? Content is anything that you can watch, read, or see be it videos photos articles podcasts all those things are called content um why do you need content in the first place uh why yeah to make something uh, visible so uh, or tangible maybe and bring it uh, to other people as well so otherwise it doesn't exist mm-hmm. so if there's no content yeah something isn't there with content you try to make the invisible visible so culture is always yeah. there that's what people say exactly. it's there and How do you make it comprehensible to people that don't know the company or just joined the company and things like that? Yeah, exactly. When you are looking for a company, then the only way that you can find out about the company is to talk to someone. But if you go online or find content on it, then it's easier, of course, because you can already do research on uh, what the culture of a company is. So content is very valuable. Yes. Yeah, because you've been working on, in lots of different content projects. Mm-hmm. Do you see a difference between culture content and content to sell stuff, to sell a fridge or whatever? Do you run those pro- projects differently than you do the culture ones? Yes, for sure. They are so different. When you create a commercial for, I don't know, this class, <laughs> then uh, it is a production of two days, uh, the production itself. But yeah. when you create a video for, of, for a culture, it's easier because you can just uh, interview people and you film it, uh, it as it is. So yeah. it's just it's just there. And when you want to produce something for marketing matters, you just want to make sure that uh, every second is, um, yeah, that you know what's going to happen. Yeah, when because you're building something that's that you want to share instead of something sh- that you share something that's already there. Exactly. When you're selling a fridge, you're trying to sell the feeling of the fridge, but the fridge doesn't have a feeling <laughs> no. because it's a thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and and where people are working together, there's more than just the actual work. Yeah, because you can also see how people interact with each other, of course, and that's making the culture tangible. So there's there there's more time involved in marketing productions and less in culture production because you just show up ask questions and go with what you get um does it automatically makes it easier to create content for culture purposes um i don't know it depends because for a culture project sometimes the post-production is a bit longer because yeah you didn't decide upfront what you're going to create and for marketing purposes you do so then uh, everything is already settled So maybe that's the difference. But on the other hand, yeah, I think it's easier to create culture projects because it's just there. You just need to make it visible. Yeah, you need to show up and uh, ask ask the right right questions. So you are hired by a client. They have a certain set of values. They have a certain culture and you're going to start creating content for them. Do you sometimes have to struggle because people say things that not don't necessarily align with 
who they are as a company. Because obviously in a company, not all employees are exactly the same. So not all employees will say the things that will be 100% culture because that's impossible. I think sometimes it's also the the beauty in it because then the people in the company they are they have their own culture as well so then you can show that but there should be similarities to the interviews that you do so there should be a sort of umbrella basically with the, the culture and the values mm-hmm. yeah the hook where you hang everything under i think there's yeah there's a beauty in it because then you can also show diversity in in a company also when you're not to- when you're not totally aligned you're still aligned because in the end it's the people that are there there's the interaction you will show your true colors mm-hmm. that, that will broadcast the right uh, the right mindset to the outside world yeah exactly because it is a, as it is of course so that's a really interesting one like especially you you run both projects do you sometimes produce a project that's ugly like uh objectively ugly so the camera is not too good the audio is not perfect and things like that uh yeah yeah for sure yeah we do uh because i think that vlogs are a very good example because they uh show the person in a, in his day-to-day life so maybe they are a bit more ugly because you don't do post-production on it so much but on the other hand it is just just as it is so yeah. therefore it's beautiful mm-hmm. uh, because as a viewer you know what you're going to get and um yeah, that's basically what we want to reach, of course. In all your marketing content, you really want to own each and every element of the content. Um, if the fridge opens on from the left side or the right side, what kind of music, everything needs to be perfect. And you already said, well, with, with culture, it's basically getting taping or videoing or writing down what's already there. Um, do you feel a need to control what people are saying or are you driving them in a direction where you want to go as well? Or is it just totally free format and you just show up and press record? Mm, I think it's both. So you prepare the interview questions on forehand. So you will steer them a bit in the direction of the umbrella. But on the other hand, you can also ask uh, other questions like, uh, <laughs> what did you have for breakfast be- uh, this morning? Because they make it more beautiful uh, as well, especially since it's not that produced. So you steer them in a sort of direction, but then on the other hand, um, it's good as, as it is. It, it, that's a really good point that you're raising, because I think it's a good one to realize when you're creating culture content, that you don't just have to talk about culture. No. It's getting to know the people in your company. So it might be a really valid question to ask, what did you have for breakfast? Or what kind of car do you drive? It, it will show you the kind of people that work at your company and what they value, how they live and what kind of choices they make. Yeah, and sometimes uh, I learn so much from this uh, these interviews than creating the, the content as such. It's so valuable to talk to people in yeah. the company and learn uh, what they like about their job and what they don't like about their job. And sometimes we make a script and then uh, we have all these questions, but people raise a certain topic and then we just take that as the main story for yeah. this video. They are really, truly starring in the video. Exactly. Marketing is more about you explaining something and where a culture video is the person in the video explaining something, uh, giving an insight into their world. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> something that I often see, and I we've we work together, so we've discussed this before in lots of other companies that I've worked with, is that if you look at the content, the culture content, for example, the employer branding content, is that you always see the same five faces. In any company, there's people who want to do anything. But from a culture perspective, it might be also be interesting to have more people or different people or uh, from a different angle. Yeah. Um, how do you make sure that you don't end up with the usual suspects in all of your content? 
Yeah, no, that's a very good question. I think also that a lot of uh, companies where you see always the five same people, they uh, created this content more with the marketing views. Mostly they do. Uh, because they didn't dive into the company um, very deep. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it can be very interesting to talk to uh, to other people as well, so to everyone, basically. Um, what I did at my previous assignment for uh, a global company on employer branding, we just took the microphone and um, the camera and we just walked around in the company and looked like everywhere. And we just asked them questions, just without any pre-production and then you get the most beautiful answers because they are very honest and you see the other people as well so that's what it makes so beautiful and you get a feel okay this isn't script this is really like a genuine question that happens because someone yeah. just well how you would ask a question to uh, to to a colleague if you were to work at that company yeah exactly i can also remember that in one of the projects you just started sending out emails to like lots of people introducing <laughs> yourself and saying this is what i do to getting to know more and more people what was that like what was the idea behind doing that well i just wanted to talk to as much people as possible to get to know the company well i just emailed everyone because i wanted to get to know the the whole organization so sometimes you ask uh, a colleague from hr to introduce you to people but then you will also always end up with the same people. So I just decided to just email a bunch of people and, uh, well, see who was responding. Actually, a lot of people did all over the world. In the end, they uh, worked with me on uh, other content pieces as well. Uh, but I think that's uh, that's good. But yeah. uh, at least I got to know a lot of people around <laughs> the globe. So it's, yeah. a, it's a really good tip if you're working on culture or employee branding for that matter, is don't be afraid to get out there and get to know people you don't know yet. So don't make yourself too comfortable. This kind of position tends to be based in headquarters where it's easy access to some people. It might be really interesting to just reach out to people you never heard of. Mm -hmm. Just use the address book and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Because really interesting th things happen because I saw videos from people that you just emailed who made like yeah. art pieces and in, and, and showed so many interesting things. Yeah, actually, that was very interesting because it was in the beginning of uh, COVID-19 in the pa pandemic and a lot of people made a video and just sent it over to me how it was uh, how it was working for them, uh, working from home and so on. So they showed me their homes and they showed me what they were doing uh, in their daily work to, to to stay in touch with their, with their colleagues and so on. But it was very personal videos as well. Uh, and I didn't know that it was going to end up that way, but... Everyone just sent me over for this videos, which yeah. was great. You don't have to focus that hard. Oh, it needs to look like this. It needs to have this and that. Uh, it's it's harder to go free format because there's more pressure on you mm -hmm. because you need to work with everything that you get. But there's also the, the, the promise of better content because it's true and real. Yeah, exactly. I saw some of the footage was really cool where people showed all kinds of old machines that they had in their home. Yeah, and the thing was, in the beginning, before I sent out the email, I was a bit afraid that people were afraid to make videos as well. But um, it ended up I was wrong because they weren't. They sent me over all this content and uh, we could create a beautiful video out of it. And as you say, indeed, uh, it took us a bit more time because uh, it was just freestyling. So we received all kinds of content, but that made it very real as well yeah. and uh, honest. Yeah. And on a side note, that's also really cool. This is within a technical company. And all the people working at technical companies know that everybody you ask in technical technical companies, do you want to participate in a video? All the techies say, no, I won't. Mm -hmm. And this was a personal between the person and you. Because yeah. you were reaching out to them and not 
making it really big. So they would do it because they wanted to do it themselves, because they wanted to work with the company. And that was also really beautiful, is that even tech people can happily feature in any content that you might want to make. And we're focusing on video um, in, in, in this project because I see that video is most of the time the hardest content to create. Uh, but this the same goes for articles, for all the other stuff. But in, uh, I, I see that we always tend to go for video because that's the hardest. And then you can uh, do the other things from that video as well. Yeah. Yeah. And what also helps is uh, when you create videos, maybe that's another tip, but when you create videos, we always set a sort of base questions for this interview so you can always go back to your library uh, you can always edit different videos out of it so from one day of shooting you can create i don't know 10 videos maybe 15 if you uh, do a good job and uh, ask a lot of questions yeah and to come back with to what you ask in the beginning for marketing uh, that's very different because normally it takes like a day for a commercial of 60 seconds and, and this is also, from a budget perspective, really interesting. Because mm -hmm. in the end, you can use and reuse all content that you get. Because sometimes you need a specific question. And that's also, and it changes the project into a project where you facilitate the participant instead of that the participant facilitates you. Because you're helping them create something themselves instead of telling them what to do. Yeah, It's suggestions. You could answer this question. You could answer that question. And that will bring something back that you will... Well, you don't know what they will be doing. No. And they feel really proud. That's also what I saw, that people are really proud of their contribution. That's the other thing that I wanted to know, because what I, often, what I sometimes feel in, feel in projects like that, that there is an obligation to use all the material that you get, be, because people spend the time to create something, to send you something, and sometimes it's really crappy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really crappy. Some, some people's don't keep the camera still or shout or don't shout or whatever. So there's some footage that you cannot use, but at the same time, you want to acknowledge the fact that you like, that you really love what they what they did, that they wanted to help out. How do you solve that? We always use something of the, of the content, of course, but I think that the interview as such, so if you are just interested and ask questions and are really interested in what the person is doing, I think that's valuable as such as well. So uh, of course you want to use all the content, but getting to know these people and really get to understand the the company by getting mm -hmm. to know these people is also very valuable. Well, it's a it's it's a personal project because it's not just oh uh, please be here at this this specific hour at this specific room and we'll uh, tape the video. Mm -hmm. It's more reaching out to a person, getting to know, invite them, make them feel at at home, and then you start videotaping, and then you can have a, a true conversation. Okay, we didn't use this because. Exactly. It wasn't good enough. And, not, and that's not an insult. It's just basically that happens with everything. Mm -hmm. You can never use all footage. No, no, exactly. And um, some people tend to, they want to prepare for the interview as well. So they ask you, hey, what questions are you going to ask? Sometimes I give them an ID, but not always. Mostly I say, we're going to talk about your job and um, what you like about it and what you, well, think can be better or what you dislike about it. Because it's so personal, it's just about the yeah about the person and it, it it's um, emotions with it yeah yeah just like this podcast you said okay, exactly well, what are we going to talk about <laughs> well it will be a conversation <laughs> you'll be fine yeah. uh, that really works because something can exist so there's room for anything and that that way you have a chance to get like the real diamonds the best questions you cannot think of you cannot prepare the best questions because that way you sh you need to know that person. 
Yeah, and I think it's also about trust because uh, people sometimes are very nervous before they start the video or doing a podcast. But, um, <laughs> that's also because you don't know the end result yet because you don't create it yourself. So uh, I think, yeah, or people think about how they come across or if they're go don't doing a good job for the company, of course, because they also want to do a, a good job. Um, but there is no right or wrong. And that's always what I say. There's no right or wrong. And if you don't know the answer, it's okay. And we can just take it out, of course, because that's the beauty of creating content. Do you give your participants the final say? Do you normally ask permission? Okay, do you feel this content represents what you wanted to say? Uh, yes, I do. Um, not all companies do. So that's different in legal for re legal reasons, I believe. But I always ask uh, if, it's, if they are okay with it because... Uh, yeah, I want them to feel confident with this. Uh, and it's their portrait, of course. Yeah, um, Yeah, I think that companies have different uh, contracts for it. So sometimes companies, they just take over all the rights. Yeah, you want to have like proper release forms and things exactly, like that. Exactly, thanks. Yeah. yeah, proper release forms. Uh, but in the end, I think the person or the, the colleague there at the company is always in his right to say, sorry, but uh, I don't want to... Um, yeah. be portraited anymore because I don't work at the company anymore or because I don't like it anymore. I always uh, yeah, fight for that because I think that's very important. Because the the, the, base, the foundation of the, of the content is trust. Exactly. Where you promise you will look good and you will look sane and we're, we're going to make a beautiful story of what you want to tell. Mm -hmm. And uh, the story is yours and not the company's. And from a legal perspective, always, always, always have them sign a release form because it will save you lots of trouble later on. But in the end, it's also a matter of decency. To if if a person doesn't want a certain quote into the video, yeah, you you leave it out, even though you think it's a great a great quote. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe that's the right thing to do. Sometimes I never experienced it though, but uh, I read stories on companies that uh, made a huge campaign, and then uh, a person didn't want to be portrayed in this video anymore or in this piece of content. Um, so I'm not sure what happens then because <laughs> a lot of budget is involved in producing such a campaign, of course. Uh, but I haven't experienced it. Uh, because you're such an awesome uh, yeah. producer, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking about legal, but there's another entity that we always need to work with, and that's brand and brand guidelines to be more specific. We Earlier in this podcast, we talked about it can be a bit ugly and things like that. But there's also directions from the brand guidelines. How do you balance that? Normally, brand uh, doesn't want to be involved in culture videos. But sometimes when they, or videos or content, but sometimes when they appear, they do want to be involved. There's also a different way of interpreting an, uh, a brand guideline, of course. But uh, when I start at a company or when I start in a certain project for a company, I always um, firstly sit down with brand and uh, have a discussion on their guidelines and what our plans are. So I think they should all, always be involved in creating videos and content. But there's a well, there's a huge difference in creating marketing content and uh, culture and values content. So you need to build a relationship with the, with the marketing uh, team as well to and build trust, of course, that you are able to create these videos and this content in, in the right way. It is a good one because if we're looking towards the end of the podcast, it's really interesting to see that we haven't talked about what kind of video cameras, things like that you need to make. So we're talking, to, you are a content expert, but the things that we talk about most is 
building trust, making mm-hmm. it real, reaching out and things like that. And I think that's the, a really, really, really good tip is when you're thinking about creating content, we tend to say, oh, we need to, bu- we need to call uh, a video agency to create it for us. But in the end, it means like if you own your own projects, you need to you, you need to establish this trust. You need to establish the relations with your employees. And after that, you can bring in a person who does the actual recording and putting up the lights and things like that. Because from a culture perspective, those things are secondary important because they can be hired at any notice. But the true value uh, of the of all content you create is not the intensity of the light of no, on the person's face. It's yeah. what the person is saying. So that's what you need to own from a, from a producer perspective is that you own the relationship and all the technical things you don't really have to dive deep into. Maybe, yeah, you know a lot because you this is your profession, but as a HR person or whatever person who's responsible for culture in a company, um, you create the content based on the trust and on the relationship and all the other things you hire. So don't outsource that essential part of, of, of things, I would say. No, no, I totally agree with that. Um, I also think because then if you outsource something like that, people want to make a script for a certain piece of content. And what we said in the beginning, that's, well, sometimes not the best way to go in uh, creating um, content on employer branding or values. So if you do it yourself, you can just steer everything in the in the right direction. So it's just indeed showing up. Yeah. <laughs> building trust and asking the right questions. That's basically it. And of course, then uh, have someone who does all the technical stuff. So video and uh, sound and uh, post-production. That was a great chat, I would say. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. To my listeners, any questions, always free to ask. Let me know. Uh, Happy to take them uh, or any people that you would like to see in this or like to hear in this podcast. And uh, see you next time.